I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch from scenic Hamilton, Ontario, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Oh my god! It's happened! It's happened. What? What? Everything I've ever wanted in a movie. We'll get to that in a moment. Let me get through the preamble. Friends, this is episode 248 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to go back and find any of our other 247 episodes, you can just take yourself to wherever you get your audio content. SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, what have you. Look up the Geek Down Podcast. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe, thumbs up, dap, fist bump. No what? dapping. No dapping. Absolutely not. How dare nope. you? How dare you? Do you know how I knew someone cute was, like, the business? When we inadvertently dapped on a date. We didn't even mean to do it. We just did it. We were waiting for our sushi. She said something funny. And we dapped. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're it. How dare you? Don't you ever besmirch the integrity of a dap? (laughs) The nerve of you. Oh, friends, if you do any of those things, if you want to dap just to spite Caitlin... (laughs) Please don't. You will never miss another episode of this program because new episodes will be delivered to you from a man who always is ready with a one-armed hug. It's your man's. <laughs> They're awkward. Where do you put your other arm? It's it's the shoulder bump. It's the pulling in the shoulder bump. God, how yeah, is this? I, I know. And then it's, got, it's really close. It's too close. You hug all the time. That's way closer than a one-arm dap hug. I hug you, but I don't hug other... It feels, like, super familiar and fun, but I, I don't like it. Either give me a handshake, a fist bump, or hug me. Figure it out. Caitlin? Yeah. What's his name? Chauncey Frosilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Oh, my God, girl. He's going to drop those episodes of this program directly into your device. Listen, it's going to be your last one for a while getting hot it is caitlin's got a move to prep for we're trying to make sure this two-vac yep. summer gets taken care of we got things to do so maybe maybe you'll forget about us friends maybe not forget about us but maybe you won't be paying us close attention well you don't have to worry about anything because chauncey's on it and when we return back like we left something you're just going to hear that whoop new episode of the geek down in your device you didn't even know you didn't even know you weren't even paying attention you just woke up one day and you were like this is the best day because the geek down has returned to me yeah. This is why we go away. So you'll know what you're missing. <laughs> so you can appreciate us. <laughs> We're that manipulative. How do you know love if you don't experience loss? We take it from you so you miss it. And then we give it back. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Nerd culture is most manipul- emotionally manipulative podcast. <laughs> It ain't like that, y'all. It just gets hot in here. It gets so hot in Toronto. It's so hot. And even, you know, just being around the heat, I am blessed. I have air conditioning. I you were say um, being around even each other. Just, yeah, oh, yeah. That's the other thing. We've People forget. It, this is like, we're like siblings. Like, you can only take so much of your sibling <laughs> before be, you really want to punch them in the face. Just being around each other. I'm just like, I can't even, why don't you fucking breathe different? Like, we're just... <laughs> <laughs> Why does your headphones make that buzzing sound? Fix it. Why don't you just go buzz somewhere else for July? Uh, friends, if and you want... Chauncey has stuff to do. He does. He's got he's got many other things to do. He has a super vax uh, clinic to run at the Scotiabank Center this weekend. Uh, friends, if you would like to let us know how much you will miss us during July hiatus, you can hit us up on twitter.com slash geekdownpod, which is where the show lives on the social meds. If you'd like to try and bribe us to return earlier, it won't work, but we always appreciate the effort. Throw three bucks in the tip jar over at ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod if you want to support the show financially. We discourage it. We always appreciate it. Huh. Well, Kate. Yes. We're we're light and tight today, a little bit. Yes. Trying to be, anyway. 
Your man's got a heart out. He's got a wonderful uh, couple days ahead of him with someone cute. Has after I lamented <laughs> la- after I lamented last week that uh, it'd been it'd been a little little difficile and peu difficile to to get together. <laughs> what with the uh, adult responsibilities and day to day life and all that type of thing. Get a little time in this weekend. I'm very much looking forward to it, but I'm not going to short shrift the pod, y'all. I'm not just like, you know, trying to duck out early. I'm just trying to keep it focused. Just trying to keep it. Listen, I'm just trying to keep it focused, y'all. Speaking of someone cute, she heard you on the last episode and she wanted to buy you a present. And she said to me, she said to me, can I send Caitlin a copy of Dick Fight Island? Friends, I'm not going to recap. If you would miss last week what Dick Fight Island is, Google it yourself. You've been warned. And and don't do it at work. <laughs> You've been warned. A great a great fun thing I also noticed was uh, with the homie pops at work is to uh, describe very flatly what's happening on a random panel of Dick Fight Island. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, oh, pops, look, they're touching. Look at that. <laughs> one's touching that one. Um, she's like, she's like. I just feel like it, it would delight her. Like, it's that type of thing. She would never spend the money on it herself, obviously. But I just I think she would be so delighted. I was like, you know what, someone cute? You're probably right about that. Let me look this up right quick. Caitlin, you will not be getting a copy of Dick Fight Island because Dick Fight Island has sold out online at Major Canadian Retailer. Oh, my God. It is unavailable. Who knew that, I mean... I'm fine with everything out there. You know, there's niche, whatever, um, niche manga, niche anime, niche, just fetishes and, and flavors for all kinds. Right. I am a little surprised this is sold out. Truly as forgotten R and B singer, Nick Acosta once said, everybody got their something. Everybody got their something. And apparently these people with their, this something have a lot of money. Dick, dick fighting. That's that's their something. Yeah. Kate, you got super amped a second ago. I did. And said so you were ready for this podcast. Kate, what the hell happened? I remembered <laughs> the trailer I saw the other day. And the whole okay. time, I almost had a heart attack. Okay, hold on. I want to know if it was the same thing I saw and went... Oh, Caitlin probably going to lose her mind when she sees this. <clears throat> Friends, play at home. If you uh, have seen trailers recently, you follow Rotten Tomatoes on Instagram. What trailers have you seen recently that you think Caitlin McKinnon would have that kind of reaction to? This is my one and only guess. I get three guesses. Two of them don't count. Was it the harder they come? <laughs> the harder they fall. Whatever. <laughs> the harder they fall. The Idris Elba Western. The harder they fall. They're all in my posse. All of them? Who else is in that? Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, Lakeith Stanfield, Delroy Linda, Regina King. Oh, fuck. Is she in it? Yeah, she is. Oh, I missed her. I missed her in the credit list. How did you miss her? She's like at the beginning and all through it. She's... I can't. I can't calm down. (laughs) This... This is... I am so excited. (laughs) This is going to be the biggest movie of the summer because Caitlin McKinnon will go repeatedly. Like, there's no line at Wonderland on the bat. She's just getting off, <laughs> going right around, and getting right back in. <laughs> just throwing $15 at the till. It's like, I'm going back in. Like, yeah, she will the, make sure. The only, please tell the audience what it is. So this is, and Caitlin will fill in narrative gaps. Uh, she probably watched the trailer more than I did. This is a Western cowboy movie featuring an all-black cast. Um, or at the very least, the primary characters, you know, the crew of outlaws, the posse, as it were, are all uh, people of color. Which, to my mind, I don't think has happened since uh, Mario Van Peebles' posse sometime in the 90s, I believe, during the Young Guns era uh, Western Renaissance. Yeah, I believe that's about right. I, that sounds about right. Yeah, I don't, know th- I don't know that there has really been one since. Certainly not to this degree. I mean... So there, there was a a couple of movies um, recently with with set in the Western world, whether cowboy films. So there, there are cowboys, cowboy films out there with um, actors of color, specifically black actors, um, which is exciting on its own. Um, but 
nothing this mainstream and as what do you call them a list casting like nothing to this i think like kick it down your door mm. fuck you <laughs> you got to watch this type of stuff the trailer was fantastic as well um yeah i just am so excited um the only thing this is a really random bit of information, but I was watching an interview with Anthony Mackie, and he said the two things he wanted to do when he got into Hollywood was be a superhero and be in a cowboy film. And I was like, is this his shot? Oh, is Anthony um, Mackie not in it? No, he's not in it. But I'm hoping that this means, like I said, that there's this like black cowboy renaissance. Mm-hmm. Um, or even, you know, sort of, what I was about to say was that the world, the Western world was not just white people. Um, and I don't think they do a great depiction in most Westerns of showing how diverse it was. Um, and I kind of, one of the things uh, I really like about warrior, which we've talked about is the diverse casting. I know it's about Chinatown in San Francisco, but it was a very diverse world with lots of different um, people uh, playing in the sandbox, uh, mate, sometimes not so nicely. So I'm just very excited. Save, I'm so excited. Hold also, on, save, Elba, uh, save the warrior takes, Kate. We're getting to that in the back half. Um, yes, this is just going to be an episode of us getting excited about stuff. Oh, that's good though. So you're, that's you're, why people watch or listen to the show. So you're excited about that. Do you have anything else you're excited about? Because I have two. Um, no. <laughs> that was that was it. Uh, friends, perfume exists. You know this. We're not going to go too far into that. Um, flurry of activity. Queen season is upon us again. We have those little blips where all these specials were on Netflix. Um, and you're never sure what's going to happen when a new perfume song is announced because every song they have really, they've ever done with very small exception in their early, early careers has been done by one guy. Fucking yep. J-pop Phil Spector, Yasutaka Nakata. He's done every one of their songs, music and lyrics, production, everything. And he also works with uh, Harajuku weirdo Kari Pamu Pamu. He's done other stuff. He has his own thing called Capsule. And sometimes the lines between all those things kind of get a little blurred and also do clout chases a lot. The last few years have basically right. been, he has heard something out in club culture and he's like, well, let me bring that in and, and not do it as well. Shots fired. <laughs> um, wow. And there's been dabbles in like big room, what they call big room, sort of, I don't and fuck me, it was techno EDM, uh, future bass that was real big on the, per, on the last Perfume album. But there was Capsule returned for the first time in like you know, the better part of a decade. Um because they did the theme song, the ending theme to the most recent Knights of Sidonia uh, movie project, right. whatever. And so when that was dropping, that's always the fire across the bow. It's like, well, what's he into right now? <laughs> that's going to set the tone. So a couple months, so like a month ago, the, uh, the capsule song dropped and it was called Akari no Disco. And every good perfume song has the word disco in the title. <laughs> Chocolate disco. Ooh. Uh, one room disco. One room, right. di- one room disco is really just as a thing, just fantastic. It's really about moving into like a new place. And like, you know, that, that notion of like, when you move into a new place for the first time and maybe it's your first apartment and you don't know anybody, it's just you and you're playing music in your apartment to dance to. That's your little one room disco. And this is a fabulous little ditty and message, but this Hikari no disco song that came out was like, okay, it's real standard. It it's going backwards if you want to be honest, but he'd been like going in weird directions for so long that going backwards was very welcome. So, this perfume announces they're going to have a new song called Polygon Wave. Um, <laughs> the artwork is very Amazing. odd. Very odd. Um, so, they have an Instagram live this morning. I think it's the second one they've ever done. And it's basically them listening to the radio show that's going to debut Polygon Wave for the first time. Um, so, basically, all, right. we, all we had at that moment was, like, coming through a boombox, the radio broadcast, as they kind of danced to it. Um, or just grooved it, not danced, like grooved in their chair. Uh, it was all very adorable, right. but how was the song? 
if Akari no Disco, the capsule song was already like dudes going backwards a little bit. He's kind of just, you know, doing the shit that works. Caitlin Polygon yeah. Wave is a fucking bop. It's like bop. Daft Punk broke up and Nakata was like, hold my beer. Like <laughs> he's dicked around. He's tried these other styles after a year like this. We just want to fucking dance, man. We just want to groove. We just want something that feels light and bright and just you just want to fucking you want to bop in your seat and it's i've i've not heard god probably since the jpn album from like 2013 which is low-key the album the first shit i heard from them was off of that album i may have liked stuff other stuff better when i discovered it but like that the stuff off of that album particularly like a song called spice or fushis and the girl like this is very much the dude is fully in the wayback machine this summer, and I am here for it. Like, <laughs> just give it to me. So, uh, not only is this just a—it's not for an album or anything, or it's not even really a single. It's a little digital Lucy they're throwing up, uh, which is also, as far as like the Japanese music industry, that's just a weird enough practice in itself for them. Happens all the time in America, where it's just like, here's two songs we finished. They're on Spotify right. now. Um, Japan is still very much driven by albums and product, you know, physical product, that kind of thing. Um, like and stickers. Can't get the stickers. <laughs> and stickers. But this is uh, this is just a little digital Lucy, which will also be the theme to the Amazon Prime original, The Mass Singer Japan, which Perfume will be a panelist on. Wow. <gasps> Actually? Yes. <laughs> this is a... I've never, that show has no interest <laughs> to me, but now I'm like, yeah. I don't know who these people are, but that's okay. So, if man, if this comes to North America, oh my God, I need to start petitioning. Bezos, he doesn't even, he's going to space. He doesn't even work at Amazon really right now. But just be like, give me subtitle The Mass Singer Japan. Can so he I can watch just it. stay in space? <laughs> take, take Elon. Get your little rocket. <laughs> I'll take their money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you will not need your money in space. Money has no value in space. It's space. So that was one thing I was very excited about. The other thing I was very excited about, I, I can't really describe how it affected me or why it really affects me like this. Uh, this week, a couple days ago, Chris Miller of Chris Miller and Phil Lord, Lord and Miller, mm -hmm. people who make tons of things you like, including Miller's versus the Machines, yes. the Lego movie, Into the Spider-Verse, 21 Jump Street, um probably what would have been a better Han Solo movie. Um, they make a bunch of that stuff. Before they did any of that, they made a show, a cartoon on MTV called Clone High. It was one of the first things they ever did. It yes. was them and a guy named Bill Lawrence who would go on to develop Scrubs and Cougar Town and shows like that. It was the three of them doing this animated show, which was basically a high school drama parody a la Dawson's Creek 90210 where all the students in the high school were clones of historical figures. And your primary, mm -hmm. your primary characters were Abe Lincoln and Joan of Arc and JFK and Cleopatra and Mahatma Gandhi. What's my name? What do I rock? Which is what's ultimately what doomed them because after one season, when <laughs> India found out that uh, one of their most beloved uh, leaders and politicians was being played for laughs on an American cartoon where he had ADD and shoved things up his nose all the time. It was maybe not the most sensitive depiction of ADD in retrospect, but... Oh, oh, Chris loves it. <laughs> we joke about the elbow skin thing all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is that you said? When, when everyone's worried about catching ADD? Yes. It was a fantastic show. It's very much of a time. The, you know, <laughs> Marilyn Manson and Tom Green show up in it. Like, it's Andy Dick shows up in it a lot. It's very, it's very bizarre. And I loved it so much. And it ended on a cliffhanger on the first season where they all got frozen, flash frozen at the prom. And yeah. then it just ended. And that was it. And as Lord and Miller have... Their footprint has increased in Hollywood. 
and their influence has increased. Uh, the volume with which I have screamed to anyone that will listen that I need Clone High to come back has only increased. And the three of them, Lord Miller and Lawrence, have all said, I don't know, the rights I think were a nightmare, plus, you know, you, <laughs> you got to get Gandhi out of there. Um, talk started to emerge that they were figuring this out, and perhaps a reimagining or reinvention of Clone High could happen. And then there was word, and then it got confirmed that HBO Max put it in a two-season order on a Clone High reboot. And then two, oh and then a couple days ago, Chris Miller posts a photo of Clone High Season 2, Episode 1, titled, Let's Try This Again, complete with Clone High, you know, letterhead for the script, and said, just did a table read. Say what? <sighs> I am beyond delighted by this. This is like the last great cliffhanger lost show of my consumer, cultural consumer uh, life. It'd be like, you know, if Netflix threw new episodes on the Firefly tile, but it was true. Like, like if you got that right. second season of Firefly. Um that's what this is for me. I cannot believe it's happening. I love that as big and successful as Lord Miller and Lawrence have gotten, they've never forgotten this show. They even put, that's what it was. That was the, the, the extra big thing. That's... Clone college was a, a billboard in Gwen Stacy's universe in a, in into the spider verse. And people, oh, was it? yes. And people lost their shit for that. <laughs> like there was a show called clone college <laughs> and people were like, Oh my God, they never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just love that they never I think forgot. That is nice. It definitely, yeah. It's, it's nice when people, you know, talk about where they came from or acknowledge where they came from. So yeah, I'm very. Who knows what this will be if the cast is returning? If it's the same characters, if it even picks up from where it was, I think John Stamos should be in it just on principle. <laughs> he sacrificed himself for the clones and for the principle. What was that name? Scudsworth? Was that a thing? I can't remember. I didn't watch it, remember? Well, I watched three episodes and I didn't love it. And both, well, Chris threatened to divorce me. And I think you've threatened to not be my friend anymore. Probably. <laughs> way, way back in the 1980s. And just fantastic theme song. Like, just go Google, YouTube the theme song right now and love your life. More than Caitlin does, apparently. <laughs> Kate. Clone High can't make you love your life. What have you been checking out that does make you love your life? Oh, geez. I haven't even been thinking about updates. Um, okay, let's see. So there was a lot of Mass Effect. <laughs> Not surprising anyone. Mm -hmm. But apparently that's better than Poirot, but there was some Poirot. <laughs> of course there was. Uh, so, yes. Um, a Touch of Sush with Caitlin McKinnon. <laughs> No, uh, oh my god, it's right there on the table. It's a touche of sush with Caitlin McKinnon. Oh my god! Oh, I'm so happy we got to that before we went on hiatus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's amazing! Little touche of sush. Touche of sush. I can do a podcast on my own, right? That's, that's what you'll be doing during the... <laughs> during, yeah. Chris will be like trying to load the moving truck and you'll be like, one second. We need to talk about Poirot season four. Uh, okay. And amazing. Um, have I been doing? No, I, I basically that's it because I've been planning so mm. much. And what we didn't, when did we do the last podcast? Was it on Sunday? Oh God. I, you expect me to remember? I think it was. I, I, I don't know, but it, you know, today is, is Friday. So it's, Weekends are usually when I watch stuff, right? So Fair enough. Yes. There's, but... No, there's been a ton of uh, planning. There's been a ton of financial planning uh, because you know, uh, mortgage is more than rent. Something to keep in mind for you kids thinking about it. <laughs> um, I mean, not not always, not always, but apparently in this case, not always. There are some places where, yes, it makes more sense to buy because the mortgage ends up being as much or less than your rent. Not here. Oh. <laughs> Not anywhere around here. 
Oh, I was going to say, I've never heard of that ever. This is a magical place. I need to move there. <laughs> um, anyway, so there's been lots and lots of, of planning and me. Oh, uh, me spending a lot of time on Trello. This isn't even an ad. I have not been paid what, for this, uh, but what, it's basically a project management. I was going to say, no, no, like no, software spa, no spawn like, con, but what the hell's Trello? You know, it's 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 basically just a, a project management uh, like app you can get for your phone, or they, they have a, a website as well, free up, and you can do like boards where you do stuff. Anyways, so we've been using that a lot, so I can just dump stuff on there, and then you know, senior correspondent Chris has us has an idea of what I'm talking about because apparently I go off on tangents and I don't start at the beginning. I start like somewhere in the middle that you have no experience with this. Jordan doesn't sound like you No, not at all. And then, so sometimes it's nice for him to look at what my brain is doing and then he'll be like, Oh, this is the thing she was trying to talk to me about. Um, yes. So that, that's it. I have one question. I have one question. Yeah. Have you ever had to deal with the uh, customer service team at this application? No. I just really want to know if, if you have a problem and you call them, they pick up the phone and go, Trello. That's awesome. Yes, it is. I think I, I think this is the end of the podcast. I think this is. How dare you? Y'all, y'all she's trying to be cu- she trying to be cute right now. She's trying to be cute right now, but I said that. <laughs> I said that before the mics came on <laughs> and you literally, it was literally like snapping her he, puppy's neck in front of her. She was like, no, he, he, he was mean. Everyone, you, you write to him on Twitter. He was mean. He didn't prepare me. He was just like, we were talking about like the things that we have coming up. And of course I got to get ready for this move. And then I actually have to move and we're trying to, you know, figure things out. And he's like, well, you know, maybe this is just the end of the podcast. And I was like, What? And he was like, "Oh, just, oh, just chugging." <laughs> it it was it was way worse than that. I felt really bad. <laughs> Good. How about you, Jordan? What uh, are you been watching? Well, we're not going to talk about Loki then, because I guess you didn't watch it yet. Oh yes, I watched. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. That that's the thing I watched. I was say the, the the Wednesday the Wednesday drop is really fucking my life up. <laughs> I forget about it like all the time. Chris busted in on Wednesday after a very long day of work and was like, so I have plans tonight. He's like, we're watching Loki and we're playing Mass Effect. And I was like, okay. I I thought Loki came out on Thursdays. Nope. Nope. Wednesdays. Um, This was an odd episode. I suppose it was fine, but it was a little, I found myself multitasking on this one. Still like, um, still like Hilston. It was, still it like, was good. Still like a lot of what it's doing, but I mean, when the episode ended and we were still on that planet, I was like, "Oh, we're going to spend two here." Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. It was. It was good. I really like her. Um. I was sad there was no Owen Wilson this, this episode. Yeah, there was no Owen Wilson on this episode. Um, no, and I yeah, it was it was very weird at the end. Which part is I was surprised by where it ended. Mm. Yes. Yeah, and like, yeah. Yes, did end on an odd note. And didn't Loki wasn't wasn't he able to teleport? At one point, is that not a thing? I thought Anyways. he could. Didn't he blip in, or was Apparently that just because he had the tesseract? I don't know. I thought he could blip into places. I don't know. Maybe it is. Anyways, I did. I did like their their chemistry together. Um, I thought they were they they bounced off each other really well. They were a good do- duo. I don't know if it was as good as the Loki Owen Wilson duo. Um, I'm, um, I'm not sure it was. But it was good. It was fine. It was fine. Uh, it's still probably the best of the Marvel Disney Plus shows to, for my money anyway your mileage may vary uh, I don't have a ton to talk about as well myself although one thing did take up quite a bit that I will talk about um, I'm just just for apropos of nothing Jesus and Meryl finally came back from hiatus and my life just improves by like six degrees when they come back like 
can always I will never not laugh at multiple times in a Jesus and Mero episode. Like I just it just makes me happy and it calms me and it cools me out and I'm just glad glad they're around. Um another thing that makes me happy, this is gonna be a weird it's more of a shout out related to an update, so I'm still playing the little D four DJ Tappy Tap game, but I want to call out one of the voice actresses, her name is Hanada Sato. She has been in other things I've played. She appears on a lot of these same stuff. She's in a uh, Love Live adjacent group. So, like, not Muse or Aqua, but, like, in the show, there'll be, like, a rival right. group. She's in one of the rival groups. She was one of the main characters in the Review Starlight uh, game franchise about, you know, theater girls. And she's one of the members of a quartet in, uh, there are always four, four people, four girl units, DJ units in, uh, in D4DJ and hers is called Photon Maiden and it's frankly probably the most perfume-like uh, group in the game. Um, they're not really cutesy. They're supposed to be like the sophisticated professionals like, you know, the idol group put together by a management company type of thing. Their music is kind of the tranciest. Um, just kind of vibes with me more. I dig, I, I literally dig their music, the music made for them legitimately. Um, but her character mm-hmm. She plays a character named Noah, and Noah's whole vibe... I mean, I don't know these characters well at this point, because I haven't been through a lot of the story of the game. I'm just tappy-tapping and amassing free currency to gamble. Um, but her character is, like... Her vibe is she just loves cute shit. She gets really, like, worked up for cute shit. And one of the other characters is named Mooney. And when you play the game, you have, like, your crew of four your four cards that you're playing the game with that boost all your stats. But like you see them on the stage, right? Like you've seen bang dream, you know what that looks like. It looks very similar. So you have the little chibi versions of your characters on the screen. And as you're playing, they will talk to each other. I can't make out what they're saying because the music's too loud, but there will be a moment as you are leaning up to like, if you have Mooney and Noah in the same unit and you're reaching the, like your meter is filling and you're about to go beast mode type of thing and all the lights kick in and everything. Hinata Sato as Noah lets out this Mooney-chan kawaii scream. You know when you scream so loud, like your voice trills? Like, (laughs) she screams so fucking loud. (laughs) About Mooney-chan and how cute she is, it delights me every time. So I just, standing over to Hinata Sato for that performance. That's all I want to shout out. The game is fine. That delights me every time it happens when she loses her mind about how cute this other character is. Dumb, but it makes me happy. That's basically the Geek Down podcast in a statement. Oh, oh that is like us to a T. <laughs> uh, one other thing that is not dumb but did make me happy. I don't know if it has any place on this show for discussion, but I just want any of y'all out there, if you like a quality ass half hour dramedy go on your HBO max, go on your crave this weekend and watch all of hacks. Okay. It, it is good then. It's fucking great. Caitlin. <laughs> um, hacks is a 10 episode series. Uh, I don't remember the names of the writers. I know they are creators. I know they were writers on broad city um, about a, Vegas comedian named uh, Deborah Vance, I think her name is, played by certified queen, Jean Smart. Yeah, she's having a good year. Uh, fucking, who's having a better year than Jean Smart? She was in, the, she was the mother in Mayor of East, she was Kate Winslet's mother in Mayor of Easttown, and now has Hacks. Like, she's so good, someone cute and I both, like, refused to watch Hacks until we were done with Mayor, because we wanted to, like, siphon both of those performances off. We didn't want them to bleed into each other. Um, so she's very much playing like the Joan Rivers character. She kind of had a shot to maybe be a real trailblazing, you know, she could, she had, she shot a pilot for a late night show type of thing and Mm -hmm. shit kind of went awry, but now she's had this like historic run Vegas residency type of thing. You know, she's a Vegas comedian now. She does, she's done 2,500 shows or something. And the casino wants out of her contract basically. And she ends up getting paired up. Her agent sends her another uh, one of his clients, this girl named Ava, who's young. She's like 24 or something. And she has kind of been a little bit blacklisted in the comedy scene in L.A. because of a ill 
ill-conceived tweet, but maybe her personality set her up for that. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe the tweet was just like an excuse for people to get rid of her. Um, So she thinks the job's beneath her and she goes out to Vegas. The idea being that like, they're going to change up, they're going to freshen up Deborah's act basically so that, you know, she gets some buzz. So the casino won't boot her from her residency. That's ostensibly the point. If you watch the trailer, you see just kind of like synopses. You think it's going to be this like Gen Z v Boomer type of, uh, you know, comedic conflict. It's that does it such a disservice. It's so much better than that. And the chemistry that Gene Smart and the, the woman playing Ava, who I fuck, I don't remember her name, but I found out recently she is the daughter of original SNL cast member Lorraine Newman. Um, oh. She's fantastic. The secondary characters, like even the minor characters are all just great. Like it was, it was a blast being with these people. Like just, I, I watched. That's that's the mark of a good show. I watched all 10 episodes in basically since Monday. It's Friday now. And I basically watched the whole thing starting last weekend. And I burned through all of it. Like I said, have sweet, sweet half an hour in and out. I think the last, last episodes, maybe 45 minutes. Um, just really powerfully dramatic at times. Uh, really funny sometimes. I mean, when the two of them start shitting on each other and insulting each other, <laughs> taking the piss out of each other, it's very, very amusing. Um, and just, if you have not mailed Gene Smart and Emmy already for this year, like, you fucking up. Like, they're, yeah, they're, they're messing up. So that is on your Craves or your HBO Max's. Highly, highly recommended from your boy. Something else that's always been highly, highly recommended from this podcast. A little show called Warrior. Oh, but first. Mm. Very important. Before that. Before we get to the second half of the show. I need uh, our Australian correspondent. Oh, God, yes. Kira. To explain to me what is happening with... This supernatural infighting, this prequel, Jared Padalecki being crushed, being gutted. I need I need a full a full breakdown. Kira Padalecki got the <laughs> didn't get the invite. He didn't get the DM. This is it. Seems very sad. Anyways, I I'm leaving this in your hands. You have also you have this is your summer project, Kira. <laughs> Explain to us what happened here and what the fandom is saying. I need your help. (sighs) Supernatural will never miss an opportunity to be messy, it seems like. No. No, it's like that friend of a friend that, you know, when you find out she's coming, you're like, oh boy. (laughs) Oh, Supernatural's going to be there? Okay. Okay. And, you know, the fandom is like, no, really? Like, it's great. It'll be, it'll it'll be, it'll be fine. It's better now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll see when they get a couple drinks in them. It's gotten, it's gotten a lot of therapy. It's much, it's much better now. It's not, it's not going to make a scene. I promise. Did a happier place. (laughs) It's going to, it's going to make a scene though. Even as you're saying that Supernatural's in the back, taking a little too long of a slug from the champagne. And you're like, (laughs) they're going to get messy. (sighs) They're going to get messy. Something else that's messy. The show we love around here that I just blew through most of the first season. Caitlin had not got a chance to get back to. So I said, you know what? Let's go out on a high note. Let's give Katie Mack an opportunity to watch more warrior. And that's what we did. She's going to talk about how much she loved it. Hopefully when we come back from this break. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we brought. Like show and tell. The first rule is Caitlin, the rule of three. Caitlin. Yeah. Say we have rules before you start saying what the rules are. I know you're focused. Oh, but... they know we have rules, Jordan. I'm just mixing it up. You got to change things around. Like your tiny Polly Pocket. Remember how she just said she has she needs like boards and charts because she'll jump and she'll start in the middle of something. 
Fine. We have rules. Is that better, Jordan? Yes, because the world will be chaos without them, as we just saw. <laughs> the first rule is the rule of three. The listeners walking into street poles in. and shit. They don't know what's going on. Basically, if the thing comes in parts, we watch three of them, but we've already done that. That's why it's part of Opportune June. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That is always relevant. <laughs> I almost feel like I should put in some submission to bump it up to the first rule. Oh, interesting. <laughs> to- hashtag save it for the pod. So Jordan doesn't even know if I continued watching Warrior or I don't, not. I don't know how much she watched. I don't know if she did watch it. I don't know anything. I'm just here. And then, with the and then third rule, which is still applicable right this second, <laughs> which is that there will be spoilers because, spoiler, I did keep on watching Warrior because it's amazing. There was uh, an example folded in there of a spoiler. <laughs> and if you don't like them, spoiler, go fuck yourself. Jesus Christ. Oh. This is the energy I come here for, friends. That's what keeps coming me back week after week. Friends, Opportune June is a time to revisit things that we liked, that maybe we have not had a chance to keep up with, as we just endure the hard labor of the content mines week in and week out. Bringing you them for, bringing you wheelbarrows full of takes week after week. So we take Opportune June to just, you know what? Some of those takes were really good. Some of that stuff was really good. Let's revisit it. Let's make sure it's still as good as we thought it was. One of those things that we were very confident was going to stay as good as we thought it was, was Warrior. This was something that was brought to me by someone at work. We both watched it. We came out of that episode going, why, what the fuck is wrong with us? Why would we just, why are we just hearing about this? Why did no one tell us? Why are we not informed? Why are we not informed? I don't know. Somebody was fucking. I'm still upset about it. (laughs) Well, upset no more, friends. We're going to talk some more about Warrior. Warrior is an American martial arts crime drama television series that premiered on April 5th, 2019 on Cinemax. It is based on an original concept and treatment by Bruce Lee and is executive produced by his daughter Shannon Lee and film director Justin Lin. Jonathan Tropper, known for the Cinemax original series Banshee, is the showrunner. So, as we said at the time when we talked about this not that long ago, I think we talked about it only about a month ago, This was basically when Bruce Lee was alive, he was pitching this idea to networks and depending on who you talk to, they either stole his idea and made the show Kung Fu or they already had Kung Fu in the works and were like, no, we can't have, can't have two. And also you have an accent and it's the seventies and we're gross. Um, so gross. So this now decades later is sort of a taking inspiration from Bruce Lee's original notion about, uh, a martial artist who comes to San Francisco in the 1800s and gets involved with the Tongs in uh, the Chinatown area of San Francisco, which is what it is. Uh, Caitlin and I both really adored this show. I have already burned through season one and a half. I think Uh, I have fallen off a bit and I've watched other things. I haven't finished season two partly for that. I think, you know, Similarly to how I don't finish video games. It's like sometimes I just, I just don't want to be done. So I don't I think that has something to do with it. Right. Um, the show is amazing. It has fantastic martial arts fighting and choreography. It's got racists getting punched. It's got, you know, heavy Game of Thrones inspiration, conniving of different, you know, crime families and and moving and shaking. And it's the, the white government is trying to pass the... Um, Chinese Exclusion Act because the Irish are all pissed off that the Chinese are taking all or that, sorry, frame it properly that uh, companies are hiring Chinese labor because they can pay them shit wages and all those things are kind of swirling around our main character good lord, what is his name? (laughs) The actor's name is Andrew Koji what is his name? Oh, um, Assam. Assam. Assam is our main character. He has come back to save, or he believes to save his younger sister who was forced to marry some sort of crime Lord. Um, 
went to save his life when they were children. He's come to save her to find she does not want to be saved. And she's kind of running things on her own now. And they end up on differing sides of this burgeoning war. And there's a third group of Mongolian gangsters who run the gambling circuit in Chinatown. And the cops are all dirty. And just shit's wild, y'all. Shit is wild. It's so wild. It's wild. It's like the Wild West. Oh, wait. It is. Look at that. Friends, this stars, among other people, Andrew Koji, Olivia Chang, Jason Tobin, Diane, Do- Diane Doan, forgive me, Kieran Bue, Dean Jager, Joanna Vanderham, just a ton of people. They're all awesome. It, they're all exceptionally attractive. Someone cute loves to send me uh, Instagram posts of them all hanging out together, particularly Jason Tobin. We know how Caitlin felt about, uh, about I, oh, what was his name? Joe Tislim. Joe Taslim, yes, he was he was down the call sheet, so I didn't reach him yet. But Kate had him, Kate had him right at the ready. I I don't know if it's Taslim or Taslim, uh, Taslim. I'm so I'm so sorry. A lot of hot, um, a lot of hot I, people on this show is the point. Everybody can pick up their well, favorite hot person. We'll just call him Joe. <laughs> I've started calling him Joe. Um, oh, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're like that. You and Joe. Me and Joe. Joe is part of the posse. <laughs> Kate, yes. are you liking the show as much as you did when you first watched it? Yes. <laughs> everyone is conniving. There's every, everyone is conniving except for maybe two people. And I'm sure they're going to start conniving soon. So everyone's going to be conniving. It's great. It's just, you know, I talked earlier about hacks and how, like, the secondary characters all, like, have, you know, a life and a plot and, like, interesting things about them, even if they're not on screen very much, you can say the same thing here. Like every character in this show has a story where if they were just the show, that would be fine. Do you know how hard that is? Y'all do you know how hard that is to do? I would, I would watch, you know, uh, brothel madam try to, uh, go, you know, get legitimate land ownership. I would watch that show and murder people when it doesn't go her way. Absolutely. And also, so there's all of this, and then the fighting. Holy shit! So let's. So I got. I was just sorry. about to. I was just about to ask that. I was going to say, where where are you up to? Okay, I got to episode the the second last episode. I finished the second last episode of the first season, so I'm about to get to the last episode. Um, so there is the episode after they. It's like two episodes after they come back from their cowboy adventure yes their their bottle episode um and there is a scene at the very end of one of those episodes where they all run and all you hear is the like the end of the episode goes black and all you hear is the like axes yeah clinging against clanging against each other and i was like oh i see they're not going to show us the fight you were just going to see the aftermath Oh, fool <laughs> that I was. I cannot tell you how excited I was when all of a sudden at the opening of the next episode, there they were, hacking each other to smithereens. I was, it was amazing. I was so excited. It was such a good fight scene. Um, yes, I enjoy the fighting. No no shortage of gore on this show, which I'm sure is a plus no. sign in, uh, in Caitlin McKinnon's ledger. It is. It is. So yeah, did that take you through to uh that is as um the tensions between these two uh tong tongs one of which Assam works for. I don't I will not remember the names, I apologize. Um but Assam's crew with uh young June and old June, is that just what they call? It? Is that what they call the dad? Yep, I think that's it. So there's been an attempt on uh old June by did his sister act on her own? Did they plot that? So you got to fill in some blanks for me here because I'm forgetting some details. Okay. There was an so, attack. There was an attack on his. There was an attempt on his life. They tried to blow him up during a, I believe, a Lunar New Year uh, event parade, or just a parade yeah, so of some his sort. His sister and his sister and the like, the like secondish in command of the sisters, uh, Tong. Mm. Um, they plotted to blow up the head of the other gang without the knowledge of their leader. Right. Who is his sister's husband? Right. Look at all that. Look at all that machinating. I know. I know. But now the sister's husband 
when you when you get there eventually like that's the second episode after they come back from the west um or i guess the south whatever um he is now they've they've had a truce but he knows like they're gonna kill him yeah um and so basically they send the super tough guy in the gang to go kill him and he attacks the sister and through young june having a big mouth um assam finds out he runs very quickly to go save his sister's life and they end up killing the head guy but she takes that opportunity to kill her husband not in a vicious way it was actually very beautiful and sad and at one point he says i'm glad it's you and it was so sad and what's really interesting is the guy who she's banging which is like the second in command she doesn't lie to him when he's like you know they killed the leader or whatever and i wasn't here to protect him she's like yeah so they didn't kill him about that that um. was soup speak <laughs> and yeah i thought that was a really interesting choice because in most shows you would be you would have you know the person not knowing and then they find out and then they feel betrayed but she just straight up was like no it's me this is our time um, and I found all of that very, very interesting and very satisfying from like a, a reader slash writer point of view. Like mm-hmm. I thought that was the what they they've done is there's some things that are going by the you know by the playbook, but they change a lot. Mm-hmm. And the time and place of the story and the people are what makes it really interesting. And like that, the the madame, I was not expecting to also be in with like this white guy as a business partner partner to buy land. Mm. Um, and she's actually very, very wise as far as like when she's talking to Assam, who's saying, you know, we're never, we're we're we don't belong here. And she's like, nobody belongs here. Yeah, this is a country of immigrants. And he says, um, you know, we. We can't change things. And she's like, you're right. We can't change things for ourselves, but we can change things for the future. And I just, I like that her and being very wise and knowledgeable. And also don't fuck with her virgin. (laughs) She will cut your fingers off. And it's amazing. She really will. Um, So did this take Uh, you, did this take you through to, obviously there are now tensions on both sides. The things are getting a little out of hand. And they basically have to come to an agreement on how to work this out. Um, oh, and they get to the they get to the fight. So yes. you saw the fight, yes? Okay. So basically, I... it ends up with Joe Taslim, who is like Mailing's second in command, and Assam being these selected warriors. Basically, like okay, fight, and whoever wins, they get to set the terms of basically yeah. opium distribution in San Francisco. And. It's a real good fight. And I just, you just can tell, you can tell that Joe Teslim is going to just kick the shit out of Andrew Koji, like, or the guy who plays Assam. Like, he just, you just know, he just, he, there's some wires are crossed everybody, in that character. Everybody, uh, um, as we say in wrestling, everybody gets their shit in. Because, um, <laughs> right? I mean, he kind of had him beat at a couple moments. Um but he's a little too yeah. immature as a fighter and a little too, a little too swaggerific, a little, a little unfocused. Didn't guard himself sufficiently. Thought he was thought he was done when he wasn't, and uh, nearly got killed in the process. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just fan fantastic fight scene. Again, one thing Caitlin and I both loved was the way they used language in this show. Uh, specifically, what I oh, so good when I love it the most. I forget. Uh, I forget. I forget all the characters. I'm Caitlin this episode. I forget all the characters' names. He's the little he's the little finger of the show. He's the one who like always has an angle. He knows everybody's shit all the time. Oh, uh Chow. Chow. When the actor who's playing Chow, he changes, he accents his English when cuz we said before the thing with the show is they will talk in Mandarin or Cantonese, forgive me, I don't know which. I believe we established it was Cantonese last time perhaps. Um I think so. They will speak Cantonese to each other, but then they'll like do a camera trick, which is basically the filmic equivalent of that thing where they put you know, angled brackets in comic books where it's like, they're speaking English, but you know, in the show they're speaking Cantonese to each other. 
But yes. how do you know when they're speaking English? You hear the actor portraying Chow when he's talking to the cops or somebody. Suddenly he has an accent. So that's how you know everybody there is speaking English. But they're speaking fluent English when they're speaking Cantonese, quote, in quotes. Genius move. We loved it. And I love what he continues to do um, with that mm-hmm. role and the way he depicts all of that. Um, and you, I never knew how, like, well, I've seen it a couple times, but he does this thing or well, he did it once where he was talking to the cop Lee and, uh, and Lee as in a Southern Lee, not, a, you know, yeah. Asian yeah. Lee. L-E-E. And, um, and he says, uh, he's saying, you know, what he is. He's like, you're stupid. He's like, sorry, my English, not so good. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's got to crush your soul. What did you think of Lee's uh, character development? I believe we've seen his backstory now at that point. Yes. Yes. Um, not was, I, I, you kind of see a flash of it, um, where he's having sort of like, he's waking up and yes. there's a person beside him and something. I thought it was a dude. Um, <laughs> so I was surprised and I was like, Oh, Oh. And it was very sad. And that triple cross. Oh, Oh, the triple <laughs> cross was so good when the Irish cop comes in and sits him down and says, you need to explain. And then the other cops and the bounty hunter come in and Lee's like, what the fuck, man? And then the cop goes, bam! And they kick the shit out of the bounty hunter. And he's like, you do not come back to San Francisco. And I was like, blah! <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. And the dialogue in this show is so just, it's so good. It's very, it's crunchy. You can take a bite out of it. You really can. I was, I was thinking as you just, you know, as you were describing that scene and as you said the dialogue and I'm thinking back on the show, it really is like the best version of like pulpy kind of TV. Like, you know, like it's just, yeah, it's a gritty crime show, but it's kind of, it took its lessons from, it took the lessons from Game of Thrones and the machinations and the, you know, politicking and things like that. And it, it, it knows how to widen its sort of purview like to take all this stuff in a lot of big heavy issues that the show tries to reckon with but never to the point where it neglects beat em up <laughs> you know yeah beat em up action type of thing um the only storyline that i thought was kind of maybe the weakest i mean it still may develop in the second season was uh asam and the mayor's wife and that whole yeah thing it's I fine don't... it's fine but i mean yeah she becomes a better character in season two for reasons that have like nothing to do with us on which so, but I guess maybe you had to like have their little relationship, their affair to, um, to connect them, connect them more, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like, I feel like if, of, of the characters they could drop, they could drop her and I would be like, eh, fine. man, they added a couple in the second season where I was kind of like, mm. Like that mild, mild spoilers, but they like add a sister. Like she's got a sister who clearly, right. who clearly has eyes for uh, the most racist Irishman in uh, San Francisco. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. So it's like, no, if we don't need, he doesn't get pathos. I don't need pathos from him. Like I don't care if his wife or his kid dies or kids died or whatever. And that's why he's mean. He's, he's a fucking asshole. And also I'm never believing that <laughs> bare knuckle boxing is ever standing a chance. I don't care how hard your head is. Not like you were not taking any of these, you know, 30 degree black belt martial artists to school, my dude. Yeah. That, that stretches, that stretches my disbelief a little bit, but I mean, you need a, you need, you need a villain that can hang because I don't think, uh, very important. I don't think I have, like I said, I haven't seen all of the second season, but I don't think I, the show gives me uh, everyone team up against a common enemy vibe. Like, I don't think, I don't think Maylin and Assam end up on the, are going to stay on opposite sides of the fence through the second season. I have nothing to prove that. It's just, just the vibe I get. I think there's going to be a mutual enemy that maybe they have to begrudgingly, which is also very Games of Thrones-ish as well, right? Like, Games I'm of- just, I'm, I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> Case, to be honest, Kate's just having a blast just being here. Yeah, 
I don't need to know if things get, you know, as long as stuff doesn't get really bad the way Game of Thrones did, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just fine hanging. I think they're doing a great job. I'm hoping with the like this third refreshed season and like hopefully more attention from people and HBO. HBO, what are you doing? <laughs> um like I I'm I'm just hoping this show just blows up because it deserves to. Oh, also, also this mm. is so oh, sorry. This is one of the only shows where I'll, I will sit through the intro because it's so good. <laughs> and the outros. Yes. Oh, God, the outros are so good. I, I like I would say six times out of ten. I've looked up who who did the song for the outro. Are they pre-existing songs or are they done for the show? I, I don't they were, know. I assumed they were pre-existing songs. Sorry, they're all like Cantonese rap on the and outros so for good. the most part. And yeah, they're bangers usually uh, universally across the board. But yeah, I don't uh, I don't know if they're songs that they picked or if they were songs made for the show. I feel like they're songs they picked, but yes, that'll be, they must that'll be something to investigate further. Kate, do you have any amendments to make to your kick punch ratings for Warrior? What was my kick punch rating? I don't know. It was a nine or a ten. It was, it was, I mean, it was high for both of us. Nine or a 10. I mean, like every so often they'll just be like tits and I'll be like, whoa, okay. And then they go away and I'm like, all right, back to the show. <laughs> but yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just the one thing that I'm always like, do they really need to? Oh, not enough male nakedness. That's. Yeah. Well, that's your complaint about everything. <laughs> Okay, but except for Dick Fight. Oh, Dick Fight Island, yes. D- Dick Fight Island has the sufficient amount of male nudity that Kate, Kate, yeah. Kayla McKinnon needs in her life. Mm-hmm. Friends, that is on Crave if you are in Canada. It's on HBO Max if you are in uh, other places in the world. As Kate said, uh, they've gotten, I don't know if it's a Hail Mary third season, but things things are looking good for Warrior. Seems like they're about to have a moment. And... Uh, Lord knows the show deserves it. So, I mean, give them the streaming numbers, y'all, when that third season drops. Give them the streaming numbers now. Again, if you have not seen Warrior, we had not seen Warrior, and we were like, what the hell is wrong with us? You will probably say the same thing if you have never seen Warrior. So, get on that and love your life. And you will have ample time to do it because we're going on hiatus, y'all. Hi, guys. We love you all. We'll be back in August for the traditional August watch arama in in the midst of Caitlin's moving. <laughs> who knows uh, who knows what form the show will take as Caitlin settles into her uh, her new home. But we are going to figure that out and we will keep getting you episodes. Look, I'm hoping to be vaxxed up by then, we hope. I'm Me on, too. I, we're all on schedule to be vaxxed up by then, so I could be at home visiting my folks. Like, you know, it's, it's a hiatus for a July, but, I mean, it could last a little longer. There might be some hiccups in August, but we trust, having given you all this content through this pandemic year, you'll forgive us if we take a couple extra weeks to, uh, you know, see the people we love. <laughs> we think we think you'll be cool with that. <laughs> That's all. I just want to give my dad a hug. <laughs> yeah. I just want to, you know... <laughs> I would just really like to, you know, get annoyed by my mom in person. That would be, that would be nice. <laughs> so the virtual annoyance. So yes, friends, uh, you'll probably get a, uh, a sickness pod at some point in July. I'm sure Mr. Malash and I will throw something together or I'll throw a mix, my, my annual summer mix up on my mix cloud. Cause you know, you know, your boy got to do something. Can't sit still for too long. Starts, th- starts thinking, can't have that. You're like a shark. If you stop moving, you'll die. Um, friends, not to end on a somber note, but there is one thing I did want to say as we are heading into July hiatus. We will not be able to talk about it at the time, but uh, here in Canada, what is known as Canada Day is coming on July 1st. I'm not going to dwell on it too much, friends, but um, I'm going to spend my day off that day reading the uh, 94 Calls to Action from the Truth and Reconciliation Committee, and I would encourage uh, most of you to do the same. It's been a rough week here in this country and it's been some stuff that I think we all should be thinking about this year. Absolutely. Maybe take a break from uh tragically hip albums and, you know, Molson exports and fireworks, or maybe take the money you were going to spend on fireworks and give it to 
groups that support indigenous rights and residential school survivors. We will have links to those types of places in the description for this show. And yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. Um, doesn't mean we hate this country or the people in it, but can't ignore our history either, I guess, is the point. Try to be better. It's all we can do. Friends, we thank you so much for spending all these hours with us in these uncertain times. We will be back in the first week of August. We hope you'll be with us for that. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us next month for another fabulous episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Warrior is an American martial arts crime drama television series that premiered, premiered, that premiered, premiered, <laughs> premiered, 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 fuck, in those context free SNL clips, there's always one of like Cicely Strong and I think it's, uh, oh God, forgive me. Okay. I can't, but they're like, they're at some dinner party and he's playing bass and they're doing like bad jazz singing. Oh. Yeah. But but to a lover, but the lover had another scooby bap dee beep Makes me laugh every time because it makes me think of you. <laughs>